Welcome to the Gossip Stone Podcast, where we cover the Ocarina of Time randomizer. We focus primarily on the racing and the competitive scene, as well as various other related topics for the community as a whole. Hello, everyone. My name is Evo Soda. And today, I'm joined by Chimpan Reeve, my co-host. Hello, everyone. I hope you're all doing well. Emo, I'm not sure about you, but we have had a lot of Zelda lately. <laughs> My head's spinning. (laughs) (laughs) There is a lot to talk about here today, that's for sure. Yes, no guest on the episode this week. Um, Just a nice little cozy episode with Chimp and I here. Um, So yeah, we're going to talk about kind of where we are right now in the Season 4 brackets uh, for the ongoing tournament. We won't be able to cover everything in detail like our uh, Round 1 episode, but uh, we're just going to be picking and choosing kind of interesting things that have happened, how our uh, competitors here in round four have gotten to where they are. This is the top two, four, six, eight, twelve 12 in the tournament. Um, so we got two pairs of matches in the winner's bracket. There's even one happening later today uh, in like an hour. So uh, it doesn't stop. <laughs> it, it's a nice change of pace for sure from season three. Even season two was kind of a slow kind of pace tournament so glad this one's bumping but uh it's moving so fast we can't uh keep up properly uh so bear with us here but um let's just jump right into it then so who is still in it after three rounds in this tournament it is double elimination um but the people that we have left right now Again, I said uh, two matches in the winner's bracket. We got first seed. What the hell's happened? It's going to be facing off against Ryu Kane, who's the 20th seed. Which I think is a... Many people would not have predicted that as our round four upper bracket match, that's for sure. Ryu has absolutely stormed uh, through uh, the winner's bracket, to, to the surprise of a lot of people. But credit to them, and we'll get into their journey uh through the rounds shortly yes and i think a lot of people would have expected maybe zupal karyosa or fmz to be in that slot but it was Kane who came out on top uh our other match in winner's bracket here pink kitty rose number two seed against 11th seed the salty sponge uh really just a tale of two stories i think for for these two runners (laughs) uh pkr has had a very i would say relatively easy way into the bracket so far um it's really not a ton of difficulties yeah i think just dominant is is what i describe it as and i unlike what the hells versus ryu i think people would definitely have 
seen this potential matchup, PKR versus Sponge, as something which would definitely have happened. Obviously, Sponge, I would say, has had the more significantly harder journey through the brackets. But in fairness, that's essentially down to their qualifier seed. Because they got seeded 11th, they got a much tougher ride. But you know what? They've they've gone through it. They've taken up. You know, they've taken some big scalps. Um, but I don't think anyone is surprised that Sponge is where they are. If anything, maybe underseeded a little bit. Um, but yeah, PKR absolutely smashed Qualls, got second seed, and yeah, that's, that's taken out essentially uh, people that we would have imagined them to take out, and here they are. So that match, which is going to be happening in a few hours, is going to be incredible. I am very much looking forward to that one. Yeah, me as well. Um, and then we move on to our losers bracket round four matches here. They've all had to play one extra round compared to the winners bracket, uh, where they are right now. But we have fifth seed Cariosa against Marco, who this who is the sixth seed. So another French v French matchup. We've only seen uh, Marco go against French runners for the most part. Um, he played two Americans, and then he's played only French people in the losers bracket. It's kind of Interesting, um, for sure. And no escaping this matchup, as you say. It's uh, definitely a battle for top French runner, I'd say, here. Um, obviously, with... Uh, I, I mean, I guess it's not a spoiler at this point. With uh, Banuru no longer in the tournament, who was Season 3 winner, um, It's you're essentially looking at Carioso and Marco as the, the top French runners right now, but then... You also can't ignore Ryu Kane, right? <laughs> yeah, like it's pretty uh, pretty brutal that all these French runners have to die in the tournament by Marco's hands. <laughs> like he's being forced to <laughs> put quell the uh, the French uh, movement here of runners. So, you know, it had to happen at some point. It's just uh, here's where we are in the tournament. You know, we're definitely past the halfway point, I would say. Um, by maybe a, a round or two, but next one here in losers bracket two is ninth seed Fanta tanked. Um, kind of a newcomer to runner, but uh, to rando, but not to running Ocarina of Time. Uh, he's definitely been running the game and playing bingo a lot as well. Uh, but he's against thirteenth seed Zupal, also a very strong runner here. Mm-hmm. And again, in that position for. You know, sort of top French runner. Um, Zupal had a good series of victories uh, getting them to this stage. Fanta, the as the only English runner. Um, obviously, I'm a little biased between cheering on my my home nation. Um, it was <laughs> it was a very English restream for them the other day, and unfortunately, they lost against what the hell's happened. But we'll go through that uh, yeah. soon. We didn't really bring them much luck, but yeah, that's um, that is one to be. Uh, super looking forward to Fanner and Zupal sort of dark horses for this tournament they've made it all the way to losers bracket round 4 which is a, a big accomplishment um, their next match is going to be incredibly difficult so it's um, you know essentially the winner of Cariosa versus Marco but I wouldn't write either of them off um, to to go all the way up to losers finals at this stage yeah I mean I, the winner of whoever plays against Cariosa or Marco would have to go against either PKR or Salty Sponge. So there's no more easy wins in the tournament. It's all just tough opponents from here mm -hmm. on out, pretty much. Um, two other matches here in Losers Bracket to round up the top 12. 
We got third seed, Mr. Mario. Very strong runner. Um, I think overall he's had a pretty simple tournament. You know, I had to play against Phoenix Feather, say, say, in the Salty Sponge. And then now I just play against FMZ. So it's, again, not a not an incredibly easy run here, but he is in loser still. He's still alive. Uh, missed out on RSL. Uh, what the hells? <laughs> Came out on top again for that, which has happened since our last episode. So, yeah. Uh, and, and of course, we got FMZ. What isn't to say about him? He plays on the keyboard, has a good time, and he plays extremely well. So, uh, was able to take out Mr. Martin and Bonnaroo and potentially Mario as well. And that's uh, really scary. Yeah. If FMZ <laughs> can go through Mario into the next round, that is such an accomplishment. Like, and that's not me underrating FMZ. I think they're a great runner, but taking out Banuru and Mr. Mario, like back to back, who is, you know, seventh and third seed. And especially, you know, obviously Banuru is a uh, season three champion and they are, they're gone. FMZ just, just took them out. Not comfortably, but you know, enough uh, to, enough, to take them yeah. in. Yeah, and Mr. Mario, who I think a lot of people considered going into this as a favorite, you know, they finished third seed. Everyone saw them as doing incredibly well recently in terms of qualifiers and races leading up to quals. Um, so yeah, to take out the champ and the uh, definitely one of the favorites would be huge for them. And uh, the last match too is against uh, Holy Sparks, the tenth seed, and Riley, the seventeenth seed. Um, and they've both had pretty simple paths here. Nothing really too out of the ordinary. I think Riley has been the more explosive matches for sure. He's mm. uh, really only in losers because he lost to what the hells. Um, you know, that's becoming a, a weird recurring story. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was going all right, and then I lost to what the hells. Uh, that just happened to me this weekend too. So I, I've been there, done that, but. Uh, very very strong right now i think he's definitely the the best player out of anyone left and being in winter still he just has an extremely good chance of making the grand finals and if not winning the whole thing yeah nothing uh nothing wrong with losing to, to what the hell's happened so fair play to riley for taking that on the chin and making a fairly strong run through losers brackets. You know, they've, they've been, uh, been in losers for three matches. Uh, and here they are, they can potentially take a third win, um, and move into round five. And, you know, I think, uh, Riley is someone that wasn't, um, doing super well during the first half of the qualifiers and then really turned it around and managed to get a decent seeding. So I think they'll be quite happy with how they've been doing so far. Um, you know, taking out, uh, Necro and Phoenix Feather, who you know, you could argue that Phoenix Feather was quite underseeded um, at thirtieth. Um, so yeah, I think they've uh, they've got they've had a good run, and I you know, there's definitely every chance they could beat Sparks to get into round five. Sparks, of course, only just got uh, put into the losers bracket from their loss against PKR, um, and they've you know scrubs background for them, so have sort of appeared on the scene out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to see how that match goes. Yeah, for sure. Definitely up for up for grabs for both of them. Now to kind of explain how these players have gotten to where they are, uh, we're going to jump into a few of the matches that they've played um, that kind of jump out to us here. 
And to start off, we got to talk about what the hell's happened. I mean, I, <laughs> there's no way, other way around it. Yeah, they are. Have, they have just been absolutely dominant. Um, you know, their the match against Riley was not. You know, it's not a comfortable win. You know, it's, it's about ten minutes, but they still just. You know what they execution wise, super strong at all times. Um, as you say, even even outside of uh, this, <laughs> they've been doing the RSL, so they've had lots of things to concentrate on. Um, but you know, having spoke to what the hell's over the past few weeks, um, you know they're really motivated. They're really happy uh, with where they're at at the minute, and yeah, they're they've just they've just been crushing it. Yeah, big decision in the Riley. What the hell's uh, matchup was Riley continued to go into fire. Uh, whereas what the hell's kind of just opted out after finding the BK and he missed strength three, which is on the hammer chest and having skipped deep fire. What the hell's was about eight uh, minutes ahead of Riley here on progression and already had the advantage of knowing where magic was really. That's just kind of buffered enough time to where it was kind of a full clear kind of a, a finish, but the biggest thing at the end too is when they both went back adult after doing Deku, uh, Riley went to GTG and what the hell's went to water. So it was kind of a combination of what the hell's had enough buffer time that he could essentially do more checks and then just it's a coin flip at that point. You either go water or GTG and what the hell's found hovers on the cracked wall, which was an interesting spot. If you know the glitchless jump there, it it's really it's one of the few times where you get extremely paid off because usually you would mm. try and use the hovers to get there um, but that was his go mode and he finished as a result so yeah i mean it was an interesting choice at the time to sort of go to war uh but ultimately that they they didn't have gcg to go to so you know they were just that far ahead you know the fact that riley found strength three was actually really it was a detriment uh, to them. Yeah, um, yeah. Even though they, even though they managed to find it and like, oh my god, this is great. As as is at least for me, as is typical for light trial, it has nothing. So you end up wasting time going to light trial, checking OGC. There's nothing on it, and you know it, it just loses you time. So the time spent in fire, the time spent running around with, sure you're a strong boy now, but you also can't find anything. Um, just meant that what the hells could already clear GTG, so all the you know all they had left was was War Temple. So yeah, hard luck for Riley on that one. Um, but yeah, it was just effective rowing, not being too thorough, but also not being too um, aggressive. Made sure that what the hells took the win. Yeah, like a big part of it too is I feel like I haven't played an S4 seed if I don't find strength three. Like I, I feel naked, <laughs> like I'm not wearing any pants or something, and I walk into yeah. an office building, I'm just like I'm a little out of place here. I don't know. <laughs> it's rare though. Like it's it's there's yeah. I'd say that at least nine. And I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm pulling the stat out of my ass, but I'd say at least ninety percent of the seeds I've watched have all found strength three. It is very uncommon that you don't even if you don't need it, you don't at least find it. And that you know, it, but whether that be bait into Ganons or whether that be your actual progression, who knows? But yeah, there's you know, obviously the fact that um, Ganons is open in season four means that it's logically available a lot earlier sometimes instead of just being tucked away when you don't ever need it. So yeah, it's there, a, there is somebody that is keeping uh, stats. By the way, a lot of tournament stuff will probably 
uh, collaborate with him at some point, I'd imagine. But uh, it's a user that goes by the name of Tanarin in Discord. Oh, yeah, I was going to say it's Tanarin, yeah. Uh, they've been really keeping uh, notes more detailed than us somehow on just like very specific stats. And so like, I'm just looking here in the discord channel and they go mode items for all runners in the tournament. And there's two, like 20 ish percent, like slices of the pie here. One is they never hit go mode. That's that bad sums up season four for me, I think. There's like a, <laughs> yeah. every weekly there's like a quarter percent, you know, or not quarter percent, but 25% of the, the the runners are just like, oh, yeah, they just beat me, so I just quit or whatever. So, um, but you know what the other one is? Can you guess? Um, last time for go mode. Um, I mean, I guess strength three. Well, no, it can't really be strength three because it's got to be the item that's in light trial at that point letter checking letter no that was 3.1 percent only three percent yeah i think one match maybe two uh it's light arrows that were hinted from ganondorf right i guess that makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah just kind of classically and then it's just kind of split up amongst like um several other things so and even out but that's just an ex like an example but i would definitely check them out if you uh you need even more stats for the tournament and again we'll i think we'll try and do something with them i'm going to try and send him a message so um but anywho the other match here with what the hell is against fanta tank that, that was really close um not a lot to really take away one way or the other i think they made a lot of really similar routing decisions what it really came down to was a couple of things. What the hell went to Adult Lake, but when he was there, he decided to, again, dip stone water. This guy is just addicted to stone water. <laughs> he, in, the last, in the previous match, he went there, and then in this match, he wins because he goes there. Uh, he found, this time, the Kakuri Sword on the Torch's chest, so pretty much near where he found the hovers in his previous, and which it was just his go mode again, so... Um, the way the hero item in Ganon's castle actually was just bait. It was hover boots for fire temple logic. And Fana found the strength three on target in woods while doing ch child cleanup. And there were hover boots on light trial. And so he was checking stone shadow and what the hell's finish? Just completely the wrong direction. Not really to any discredit of his own. I mean, he had Ganon's castle way of the hero, but uh, the fact that it was only for fire and Fulvaji access is pretty brutal. Brutal end to a seed when it was actually Stonewater the whole time. Yeah, this was a wild one. Like, I was on comms for this one, and the whole time, something just felt a bit funny about the Ganon's Castle way of the hero. You know, there was, a, I think there was like three dips of Ganon's Castle throughout that seed um, for, for each runner, because it's like, okay, well, let's dip it first, and then, oh, wow. I found fire arrows, and oh, I found hookshot, so they all went back a few times. Um, but in the end, you know, it was getting really close to the end of the seed, and we we're like, you know what? Maybe this is just hover boots. Like maybe it's just hovers for fire or something like that, because we knew we were fire locked. Uh, sorry, hovers locked out of fire. Um, and the the other interesting part was that GTG was way the hero, and you found iron boots like in the lobby, just straight up. The first check you checked was iron boots, 
and with stone water, nothing in toilet and nothing in um, nothing on the icy waters. You're like, okay, well, there was something else in uh, GTG in the end. I think it was like a bow or something. Um, let me just double check. Uh, what did they find? I can't remember. There was something else in. <laughs> we've got the notes here, but there was something else in GCG, um, which obviously was like, okay, well, we don't need to worry about iron boots. But in the end, it was the iron boots that paved the way for finding that Kakiri sword. And yeah, just another another case of something else being bait. Um, and yeah, what the hell's with early early routing giving them a bit of an advantage? You know, they found Furwall's wind super early and uh, magic on the river instead of having to do um, the sort of beans into magic on graveyard. So they had magic and Furwall's wind at like twenty five minutes. So they saved so much time just with that in general that when it when it got to the end, um, what the hell's had a significant lead and even. Even without dipping water, they just had more. Um, they just had more progression done over Fanta at that stage. So yeah, it's good win, good win for what the hell's unlucky for Fanta. Um, you know, it's just a, a classic case of we love Waterstone. I think is the the meme that's going about at the moment. All caps. Uh, all caps. Yeah, all caps. Um, you know, and if you if water's a stone, dip it. It's probably got your progression. And yeah, that was the case today. And well, on the, on that race and. Yep, that was it. What the hell takes the win? Like, I, I don't know if it's necessarily like the randomizer just liking water now, or if it's just a case of it has such a bad reputation already that whenever there's an item there, everyone just immediately like remembers it way better um, just because it's water temple. I wonder yeah. if like, that has an, uh, an effect to, to it, or if it actually has more items now. It's interesting because it, it literally it could just be confirmation bias of you know yeah. one bad thing is in water therefore everything else that's in water everyone's like oh look it's water all the time but two, two races we're also, in a row. It's all yeah takes. yeah but we're also you know season four there are two extra items to find you know we've got the Kukiri sword and you've got strength three which sure might not always be required but let's face it you know a lot of the times as we've already discussed strength three is. Um, leading to light trial with, with something in light trial. So there's essentially two extra things um, that lead to progression more than, than season three. So when you compare it to season three, and I'd like to actually do some comparisons uh, you know, once the season is done, with two extra items to, to be found, you know, and I dare say a lot of times in season three, strength three might have just been in war, but no one ever needed the damn thing. Um, is it just the fact that with those two extra items, water just happens to get one of them a lot more often? Because, again, just by the laws of average, it's going to get something more commonly with there being more items to find. Um, or, yeah, or as we say, is it just raw confirmation bias and people just love to shit on Water Temple because it sucks? Um, but, yeah, that'll be interesting to analyze once the season's done, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. And... His opponents, Ryu Kane, uh, is going to be playing against what the hell's. So for Ryu, he's had a very uh, interesting one, too. We, we covered his Zupal win in the last episode, but um, going against fourth seed Dylan Meeble winning pretty handily, and then going against Karyos and also winning pretty confidently, I would say. Um, it's really impressive. He's really 
shown that he's probably better than 20 a seed. Um, you know, I think all things considered here, but um, yeah, let's just get into these two matches. So starting off with the Dylan match here. So there were some pretty interesting early differences in routing that led Dylan and Ryu on completely different paths in this match. Uh, Ryu rushed skulls and found 10, 10 skull strength really early. This allowed him to check way the hero Dodongos with only strength. He found a scale in the bomb bag chest. This was actually the second scale because the first was on top of DC. So Ryu followed the gold scale as a possible way to hero and went to lake to check lab dive. It had nothing, but there were two ten, 10 shoes on top of the lab, which gave Ryu his first explosives. Uh, Dylan followed a completely different path, and he took the time to check Grudo Valley as a child. He found hover boots in the valley crate and got a wallet from Richard the Dog, so he played Requiem and reversed to buy shoes from the carpet salesman so he could go into Goron City Maze and use the hovers to get the hinted Rudo's letter on the left side. Dylan continued to enter DC at the same time that Ryu was returning with uh, Choose from the Lake, and both found strength in the chest above King Dodongo. <laughs> this is Ryu's second, but Dylan's first, and so with the second strength, Ryu was able to get the letter as well. Um, and there was there was further divergence in Dodongos. Um, Dylan went child to go beat Jabu, while Ryu stayed adult and dipped forest without a bow. In Forest, Ryu found Hammer in the Well and was able to beat Fire as, as a result of this. And since he turned in the letter first, Dylan was on the first one into Way of the Hero Ice. The song was Nocturne, um, to, but they both knew about it because it was a, a sometimes hint. So that there was another item in there that they had to get that they knew about, which was Strength 3. They both eventually synced up, finally, going into Gan's Castle. Light Trial had the first bow and a slingshot. And one of these had to be Way of the Hero due to the strengths. But they both returned to go do Forest Temple, and Ryu had a three-minute lead after this. So they both went to GTG and found a second bow on top of the fortress, as well as fire arrows from horseback archery. This is logically pretty interesting, but it, it meant that fortress access both opponent and the long shot had to be bow locked, otherwise the strengths would not have been way the hero. So at this point, they were only long shot dins from from go mode. So another divergence point is Dylan went back to child to check bomb the well. They both deduced that well it was the only place that bomb bag could be, and with market way the hero only having a wallet, Dylan went to go check bomb two bowling. He didn't even find a. Oh, I mean, he found two bomb bags, but Bomchu Bowling didn't have anything, so it was the wallet all along. While Ryu instead chose to stay adult and check bo the Bowlock checks, and he ended up in Spirit and found a long shot in the Spirit BK chest. And that was pretty much that. I mean, in the interview, Ryu mentioned thinking that he found long shot in the chest indicates that Dense Fire also had to be Bowlocked. It didn't, but. But it worked out in his favor anyway, because after beating Water, he continued doing bow checks and did Shadow Trial 2, which happened to be Dense Fire. <laughs> it happened, finally, in a tournament match. Um, five, five. That's a ran that is a rancid place for Dins. Really bad. <laughs> like, truly awful. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the worst possible, right? Like, you have to get your fire arrows, which are usually you don't you don't need. It's usually one or the other um, kind of a scenario, and especially if you don't need shadow. But in this case, that's what they needed to finish for shadow and mm-hmm. finish way ahead of Dylan by about a whole dungeon plus. I mean, he didn't even have dens uh, when Ryu finished. Yeah, I mean, going back for Shadow Trial Second is not going to be on top of anyone's priority list, no. so you can't really blame Dylan for not rushing Shadow Trial Second of all things. It's, it's this match kind of, uh, and this might be more confirmation bias from myself. I don't know, but from what I've been noticing, bows have been really linked, or just like logically bizarre. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, more than a few times now I've seen people just last location a bow or that is literally their go mode and it's it's not something I ever really noticed during season 3 and again like this could just be more of a recency thing but I, I swear I'm watching more matches where people are just going through the seeds not finding the bow until like hour 2 or something like that it's like oh, this is crazy like I've got all I've got all three strengths I've got long shot but god damn I don't have a bow yeah, the bow seems like it's in CAC less now, whereas you might get yeah. a strength way to hear way more often now, um, or just an earlier strength in general. So um, it does kind of seem to be the case, even just from my own experiences, even like the weeklies, like bows are pretty pretty rare. So like in the NA weekly, for example, um, you needed to get a bow at, oh, where was that thing? I think it was, it's probably, I don't know, it was somewhere pretty easy. Oh, yeah, it was in South Salesman in field. And he had to get that one, which was bomb locked, because the other two were in forest, both bow locked because the hook shot was in the GTG lobby. Nice. Bow locked. So, yeah, just like an example of that. So, definitely kind of feel it, but um, yeah, just. Really handily beating Dylan here. And then on his next match here against Cariosa. <laughs> yeah, just a really strong runner in Cariosa, sending him into loser's bracket. A 13-minute difference overall. Quite a surprise for me, this one. Um, again, I, I found going into brackets that Cariosa was I was like man I can see Cariosa winning this whole thing maybe not a direct run through to the end but uh, uh, you know at least getting sort of same place as last season in terms of that sort of final four um, and yeah I, I was you know I'm, I can't say pleasantly surprised you know um, I have no bias towards this match at all but yeah when it, when it happens oh my god that's uh, you know great great for Ryu um, and I think there are, Ryu has a lot of supporters in this, um, you know, coming from the Scrubs community and the the Baby Dodongo section from uh, that tournament that was fairly recent. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of hype towards Ryu and beating Cariosa. Um, I don't know. It feels for me, it feels like a bigger win than beating Dylan, just because Dylan had a somewhat inconsistent qualifier. Um, season if you will like they had some real ups and downs whereas I think Cariosu was like really consistent um, yeah so yeah for me this felt like a bigger win and that's nothing on Dylan at all but um, I think it just sort of confirmed that Ryu was definitely one to look out for 
Yeah, Ryu's definitely been the more consistent player as of late, for sure. I think also that that's always kind of, I feel like, been Dylan's problem. It's just like the consistency in finishes just hasn't quite been there. I mean, he got a pretty high uh, seeding this time, but yeah, the seed just wasn't cooperating against uh, the Ryu and his Ryu matchup. Now, the other uh, side of the winner's bracket now, we got Pink Kitty Rose and the Salty Sponge now. We kind of mentioned it already. Pinkity Rose, she just kind of had pretty dominant performances against all of her opponents. Um, really nothing too close about them. I mean, none, none of them finished either. They're all just forfeited. So I think that says enough as is. Yeah, I think, uh, especially against Sari's object, I think PKR dominated that fairly comfortably. Um, so I think it was pretty much always going to be the win for, for most of that seed. I can't remember what it was exactly in that um, in that race that, that screwed them over, but I think they... Oh, no, that was it. Saria, um, Saria basically didn't do Dampe race. <laughs> oh. um, which, which means they never got the scale, which just led to a whole host of problems. I think that's a brand new um, sentence. I didn't do Dampe. Yeah. Was this season, end of season three? That's That's what people were doing. Yeah, some people were skipping that one. But yeah, I think they just... They they voided out and were like, eh, fuck it, I'm just not going to do Dampe. It turns out they really needed to do Dampe, uh, so it just gave PKR a massive advantage. Even with the seed lasting like three hours, 40-odd minutes, it was, you know... I don't think many people saw uh, Sari's object coming back at that one, so PKR had a fairly comfortable, if not lengthy, win there. And we, we covered the VOD matchup in round one on last episode, but... It's really just, it's almost just like a specter in the rando community. Like it just, she joins a race and you're like, oh, geez, like <laughs> this is gonna be real tough to, yeah. to get first in this one. But although you've got a really good record against PKR at the minute, emo, you know, so maybe three, uh, three maybe someone week. should tag you in. Yeah, um, I like snipes. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I, I think. I got lucky in each of those instances, but uh, she's been really grinding pretty much all week at pretty much any point that I've been online. Is PKR is doing a practice seed, PKR is doing a practice seed, doing another practice seed, like asyncing literally every seed that's happening. So um, she's definitely putting in the work, and I think she's uh, very much prepared against the Salty Sponge here, who has been battle-tested in his two matches preceding this. The first against Marco and the second against Mario. Uh, the Marco and Sponge matchup here. The early game had a scale in Sun's Grave and Way of the Hero Graveyard. Hammer was in Cac back grotto and there were five twos on Adult Anju. Marco and Sponge went in opposite directions. Marco went Child to go use the scale to get to Way of the Hero Zora's domain. While Sponge stayed adult to use the hammer and choose to check DMT Goron City in Dodongo's Cavern. Sponge also found the Kakuri Sword on the right side of the Goron City maze, as well as Boomerang on top of DC. As a child, Marco routed Valley to Lake to Domain and found both Magic and Strength in Valley, as well as Bombag and Way the Hero Domain. But because Sponge had the Kakuri Sword, he routed in the opposite direction. He beat Stone Deku and took the shortcut from Lost Woods to River to check Domain and then Lake. 
Because of this, Sponge walked out of Lake and checked South Hyrule Field and found Rudo's letter on the field scrub. Marco already checked Child Lake, so he didn't have a reason to go to South Field until he was an adult. So clearing field before going to GTG, he did it 27 minutes after Sponge getting the letter. Marco continued to the Grudo area and got Nocturne and Way of the Hero Colossus, meaning that ZL had to be on Burning Cack. Sponge was able to collect a lot of the skulls while Marco was in the Grudo area because there was something on 40 skulls this seed. I believe it was the Hookshot. So they had to get 40 skulls without Hookshot in this hype-ass match. And Sponge was at 39 skulls when he found a bow in Kakuri Storm's Grotto. I do remember that. <laughs> pretty funny. He got up to pretty much 40 without Hookshot or bow. Like... That's a skill in and of itself. That's very impressive mm. to do fast as well. And yeah, and Sponge is uh, Sponge has forgotten that Storms Grotto many times. <laughs> so just the fact that this end up coming into play again for Sponge was absolutely wild. Hey, he's a man of memes and stories. I would say <laughs> this just adds to the the Sponge lore. Uh, he saved warps to, to Lon Lon Ranch to get close to market with the intention of getting the OGC skull as his 40th. When he exited Ranch, opponent was there, so he checks Big Pose and got Dense Fire <laughs> off, of, off of that. So he turned into 40 skulls, got the hook shot. It was only Hovers and ZL from Go Mode. Uh, at the time, Marco picked up Song of Storms from the Temple of Time after completing Jabu. He went to check the well since he was still child and found Hover Boots in the well. So Sponge and Marco had different go mode items. Sponge needed the hovers from the well, and Marco needed the dents from big posts. So I, I think the advantage at this point was in Marco's favor, but he chose to go to fire before forest. What's up? Yeah, I, I mean, I think uh, from from memory, because this was this was a super high race. Yeah, Sponge had a, a Sponge essentially had forest over Marco for a significant amount of time. Um, so Marco had a very limited uh, period in this race to find their dins. They had multiple chances to find it. They went through to OGC. They went through as child to adult. They went through various other field-related places and just never, ever checked big pose. Um, so yeah, it, it was just a, it was just a big case of Sponge being a little bit more efficient, and you know you could argue luck a little bit in terms of the fact that opponents was just chilling big chilling about outside lawn on ranch is like, oh, okay well i'll use opponents but realistically you should always do that you know if you want to yeah. be conservative you should always just play opponents grab the pole on the way into market which is you know which is the way you're heading anyway and you can hand it in straight away so you know it, it was a it, it was good for sponge to have done that marco in hindsight you know should have remembered big pose and uh, not have skipped it the, the couple of times they had the, the opportunity to do so, but their routing wasn't as simple as Sponge's, so I don't think they had the, um, you know, it was easier for Sponge to do that than Marco was, to say the least. Yeah, at the point that he was at, too, he was only a couple items from Go Mode, whereas Marco was like mm, three or four. So I think when it comes down to that, and you, you're only missing a couple items versus like several. I think that's when you really need to just do everything you come across and because when are you going to be back there 
Um, so it's kind of centrally located and awkward too. So I, I kind of get both not doing big pose and also doing it if you're also good, if you're just going to be there anyway. Um, and it's in field, so you could even be like near a CAC. Even you don't have to be on market necessarily or or Temple of Time. So either way, um, they, they both kind of synced up here though in Fire Temple. They both completed it within five seconds of each other, but. I mean, Sponge was ahead by an entire forest temple, and he also learned something important in that Fire was hovers locked, so Fire locked ZL on Burning Cack. As a result, the only thing that had, was really left was Bomb the Well, and so eventually Sponge went Bomb the Well, found the hovers before Mark could finish, and that was that. It was about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes lead, more or less. Yeah. This is a, a great example of understanding logic. And, you know, as, as you mentioned just there, the fact that Sponge knew that Zelda's lullaby could not lock the hovers was massive. Because um, it, it meant that, you know, for, in their point of view, because ZL was quite late into the seed. If you don't know that, it it locks, it unlocks so much of the, the rest of the seed. It unlocks the, the bulk of the rest of Spirit Temple, which was hard uh, behind ZL at, at, at a few points. Um, it, uh, it locked Ice Cavern and Water Temple and so many others places. If you know that, and you know from from Sponge's point of view, they did. You can skip a lot. You know, you can just be like, okay, well, I don't need to worry about ZL. And they did. They confidently skipped every Zelda lullaby check. They didn't even when they went to the well. They didn't even play ZL um, to when they went in. They just rushed around the the rest of the checks, and. You know, it, it, it just highlights that understanding the logic and it is, I'm not going to say it's rare that these situations come up, but, you know, it is very circumstantial that, oh, I know that ZL can't lock hovers, therefore I can skip all these checks. That's not something that commonly happens, but knowing the logic behind certain Cs can just fast forward your, uh, it just, sorry, not fast forward. It can pinpoint exactly where you need to go and what you need to do. So for Sponge, the well was such a good place to go at that point. It's like, well, there's like, what, nine checks in there. It's really dense. The ZL stuff can be ignored. Let's just, you know, let's go there. And that was great. So for them, it was it was huge. Marco didn't have the luxury of that knowledge. Marco didn't understand the logic there because they found the hovers early. Therefore, the, you know, understanding the, that logic didn't really... Um, come into play for them so they had a lot harder a time um, but you know the, the go mode was a different item regardless but even still they didn't they they went and checked a load of ZL locked checks because they didn't know the logic behind the seed which is you know a big advantage that Sponge had yeah and I, I think that's really uh, kind of how season 4 has been playing out at least from, from my perspective is that rounding wins races and I think it always has but uh there was a certain point in season three where execution kind of just was more important at a certain point. And I don't think we've quite gotten there with season four and people kind of weighing their options in terms of sequencing, in terms of, should I do this or this or this? Well, obviously you should go here in this scenario, but the next scenario, what, what do I do then when it's the same choices, right? Like a five-sided coin, <laughs> I'm flipping it and it comes up gcg and it should have been cannons like well you know you have to take everything in, in context here but 
don't know. I think like knowing which options are more powerful is the hardest part about season four for for me. Mm. Like routing and and all of that is is fine, but like clearly knowing what's more important is is really difficult in a lot of scenarios just because of the randomized warps. So already you're kind of changing the value of everything. Deck is closed, so you have way less Sphere Zero things. In the weekly races, they've been trying uh, four meds for bridge instead of two, and that's been playing out a lot differently as well. So I, I think there's definitely some knobs and stuff that we can turn here and there to make it a little bit more palatable, I would say, um, to know exactly where to go without it being too easy or too clear or too boring, you know, um, kind of being more autopilot or restrictive in terms of routing, but... Um, and some some early bonus news for you Gossip Stone listeners. Next weekend, I'm pretty sure we're going to be trialing Open Deku with four med bridge. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, it's it's something that I don't think many of the S4 orgs. You know, it doesn't doesn't matter what we think because we're not in control of the things. We're not super keen on Open Deku with random spawns because it kind of pinpoints the early game too much but we want to see what it's like you know we want to give it a test and see what people think about it so i'm pretty sure next weekend the weekly is going to have open deku um, pretty exciting. just just to see what it does you know if it turns out everyone just rushes deku every seed then it's probably not going to be a winner but we can at least try it and test it and see how it gets on i can't wait to contribute to getting turned off again because <laughs> i'm just gonna rush it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in in my opinion, if you start child, you're probably going to rush Deku Tree. It's you know going to find some reasons where it's Especially going. Especially if I start and, yeah. with Deku equipment, yeah, it's a slam yeah, dunk. Exactly. Just, yeah. just so go. Chances are you rush Deku every Deku every seed, and if that's the case, it's fine. And if people don't enjoy it, it is what it is. But and, you know, it was one of the it was one of the sayings that people found the most controversial for season four when we did the sort of survey. Um, so we want to you know we want to see what people think of it. Yeah, I can imagine it being problematic, but with it being changed to four med bridge instead of two, I think a lot of that's really just gone away, right? Because instead mm. of, oh, I just have to go beat open Deku for my, my bridge condition for Ganon's, and then I have a lot more checks available to me, now you're like maybe halfway, and you still have to two more dungeons on top of that. So I don't think it, it gets around a lot of like bad seed scenarios. Even if it's a stone and you start with a stone, that's not the worst case in the world. And if OOT has anything that you need, well, you're one step ahead of everyone in uh, getting that. So I think it has a lot of potential behind it. And it's a, clearly a fan favorite, so <laughs> might as well try it, right? Indeed. And in the Mario match, um, it was really close overall. I also remember i think i commentated this one or i remember watching it uh don't quite remember it was a five minute difference overall with sponge winning but uh, the biggest takeaways here is sponge did not check link the goron for a long time he cleared pretty much everything else and just kind of put that off for a while just due to how he's routing and it had kakuri sword so for a while it looked like mario was leading and then Eventually, Sponge finally got the Kakuri Sword because he realized that he uh, forgot it or, you know, did other stuff in, instead of that. Um, and it was pretty close overall. Uh, let's see. And uh, eventually, it was just a, a race to find Din's fire. So 
it's one of those items like Dense Fire, Mirror Shield, Boomerang. Not something you want to really go out into Hyrule and just go find. Um, it could literally be anywhere. So Stone Forest had nothing. GTG had nothing. Deep Fire had nothing. Ganon's Castle had nothing. They both basically full cleared adult. And it was guaranteed that progression had to be in some orphan child check. And so Mario had a three-minute lead returning the child. But uh, in the end, Den's fire was at Colossus' left hand. And I believe that was Stone Spirit. Yeah. Yeah, Stone Spirit. Yeah, so... Uh, pretty impressive sponge's performance against these two very strong runners sending them to losers to, to wreak havoc there and mario's still in it as well yeah that one felt like less of a sort of convincing win and you know marco's win was very dominant um, when sponge won that one this one ultimately it just came down to a you know a bit of a gamble in terms of the s4 casino you know it's like where is a lot where is the last needle um, yeah. So yeah, felt a bit unlucky for Mario. They had a lead going into that sort of child section, so it just ultimately came down to Sponge choosing the lab uh, over over Mario, who didn't check the lab. So you know, the, not the lab dive. Uh, sorry, the strength two was in lab dive, so that, that essentially pushed the further routing. And yeah, from that point on, that was that was the win for Sponge. So it felt. Unlucky for Mario, you know, GG for Sponge for choosing that check, you know, ultimately it, it led to the right thing and they, they chose correctly. But yeah, less than five minute win. Um, so this one was a lot tighter, a lot closer. Sponge could have really got burned by not checking Link the Goron early and, you know, that essentially led to Mario's lead into that child section. But thankfully pulled it back and here we are. We are half yeah, an hour so away from Sponge's next match, so it clearly paid off. <sighs> Yeah, as far as, like, let's do some predictions on these two matches. Uh, who do you think is going to win both uh, both of them here? So what the hell is Ryu and PKR and Salty? I there's I, I don't see any world where what the hell's happened loses until potentially winners' finals. Um, so I'm going to go with what the hell's against Ryu. Um, PKR, Sponge... Oh, I want to say Sponge, but... There's some some part of my gut tells me that Pinky Rose is going to win this one. Um, I'm going to go with Sponge. I think it'll be a what the hells uh, and Salty Sponge wins semifinals. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think PKR very much could win. Uh, a lot of these practice races that she's been jamming last week haven't really looked that spectacular, and I'm kind of wondering if it's just like too much prep and sponge has been really taking it easy for the most part um so i think sponge will be fresher mentally and i don't think he has any like reservations against vkr either so i, I think they're both going to win pretty comfortably and if anything else happens i mean we'll be here to cover it so yeah for sure so that leaves us with our losers bracket round four matches here, let's dive into. I guess let's talk about Mario FMZ uh, since we were just talking about Mario. Pretty, it's playing pretty similarly to Sponge. Even in the qualifiers, uh, Sponge and Mario were pretty much trading back and forth. Like, oh, I get second, you get third. Oh, I get you know second, you get fourth or whatever. And pickup races all the time. It kind of went 
basically 50 50 without looking too much into it but um you know after beating seisei falls to sponge and now is going to face against fmz gun who yeah is one of our keyboard forces in the community <laughs> just, so, just to know about that seisei match by the way because this this has sparked one hell of a season four meme yeah. Is this was the first match where the upper river had the hint which broke the seed. Oh, it was yeah. just it, this is where <laughs> Din's fire was on fifty skulls and the hint saying that it was on fifty skulls was upper river. That was the first race where we saw that hint in particular have really important information. Say say skipped it, didn't get that hint for hours, I want to say. They didn't get that for like almost three hours or something like that. Um, once they Mario's ran out of things to do pretty much yeah. um, so you know Mario had that knowledge infinitely earlier so that unfortunately for Seisei the race was essentially with Mario the entire time since that race we have seen so much important information on that particular hint stone it's ridiculous I think I'm pretty sure um, I can't remember which match it was but there was a race like just after it which had 50 skull hookshot on that hint which someone else skipped and I couldn't believe when that happened. I could not believe my eyes. Yikes. Um, and I don't think anyone is going to skip that hint ever again. I just wanted to touch upon that because this started some incredible bullshit with with that hint yeah, stone I in particular. Completely forgot about that 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 race in particular. It's just sad to watch now yeah. in, in retrospect. <laughs> just like because I think there was even one point where say say fell down trying to get into domain as adult with hovers. And the French restream, yeah, twice. And yeah. the <laughs> French restream was losing it. They're like, yes, fall, 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 because then you'll read the headstone, surely, right? Yeah. Right? And just didn't, re- didn't even make any sudden movements toward it so no, but did then go on to read other hint stones <laughs> so yeah i think they just thought yeah. they'd read it and just skipped it and i think Possibly. they they checked like a really obscure hint later in the seed and everyone lost their fucking minds they were like what are you doing checking back of deku when you skipped up a river what's going on and it, it felt bad for Seisei. Obviously, they didn't mean to skip that hint. They clearly didn't mean to skip the, the information that would have helped them in the seed. It was just something that happened. You can't really account for it. It was just very unlucky that they just clearly forgot they'd not checked that hint stone and it broke the seed, unfortunately. So, yeah, FMZ, just, I mean, beating Mr. Martin, beating Bonnaroo, and now is up to face against the scary opponent in Mr. Mario. Yeah, and, you know, Martin, FMZ beating Martin wasn't free at all, you know, the FMZ seeded 12th, Martin seeded 15th. Um, That was a sort of a, anyone could win this, it wouldn't really surprise anyone who won that. Um, I think FMZ has been gaining a lot of fans lately, that's for sure, in terms of, you know, as you say, being a bit of a keyboard king, Um, and... The real match was FMZ and Bono in terms of surprise that no one expected Bono to be in the bottom in the, the losers bracket anyway. Um, but ultimately, Bono lost to Felixoid, which was incredible. And yeah, FMZ managed to knock out season three champ, which was nuts. <laughs> like no, no one saw that coming. And the fact that we're in losers bracket round four and we're, we, you know, we're guaranteed a new champion is is crazy so yeah fair play 
So on the other hand, you got uh, Holy Sparks and Riley here. And uh, in the top half of the winner bracket, PKR did send Holy down here. Um, and they're both still in it here. Holy dispensed to G-Skate and Felix and is up against Riley. And Riley's really been through the meat grinder here for the for the bracket. <laughs> First had to play against Tom, pa Tom Poos and won, but then had to lose against what the hells. Um, just dominant performance. But that, that one is actually really close in terms of the matchup. It's just he didn't quite get there, and it's you know water temple strikes again, and it was actually kind of funny because Riley has gone on record saying water is like one of his favorite plays, and I think season three and then early season four, and then just that that's just that hasn't been the case since then I don't think, and so losing to it in winter is just kind of ironic in a way. Yeah, but then ultimately they won to it in losers. So you know, yeah. a complete a complete one eighty with uh, Riley versus the Necro, Necro which was a great match. I think there was tons of hype around this one because I think you know Riley is a really popular guy. A lot of people get behind Riley, and the French community really get behind Necro. Necro is also a really popular guy. Not obviously not just exclusively in their communities but i think a lot of people like riley and necro so them meeting each other on losers bracket was really huge really hype had tons of viewers the comms were crazy for this match and it was it was so much fun and yeah the 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 crux of this essentially came down to water temple both of them were doing really well necro actually had a significant lead at one point in time um but the it ultimately came down to uh Riley going to Stonewater and Darklink being a meme in season four, having our mirror shield. Um, Necro didn't go to Stonewater at all. They went Child Spirit and, and Stone Jabu instead, which is a respectable play because again, Stonewater isn't exactly a massive thing. But as you say, Riley seems to like Stonewater and it's become more of a prominent play to do. Um, and it paid out. You know, Darklink gave us our mirror shield. Riley took the win, and yeah. Great match to watch. Tons of hype around that one. Um, yeah, they were both really good in the interview, and you know Necro took it really well, and obviously was like, of course it's Darklink, you know, I've got, of course <laughs> it's fucking Stone. We love Waterstone. Um, but yeah, it was that was a, that was a fantastic match. It's been a bit of a meme recently too. Just Darklink has your item. Just go there and Stone yeah, Water. And rushing Darklink, legitimately a play in season four. Yeah, and then the next match was against Phoenix Feather, also a really hype matchup. And Riley uh, eking out the win over Phoenix Feather also was an incredibly great match, um, so I would recommend going to watch that. Um, Phoenix Feather didn't end up finishing that one, but yeah, only against Riley. It's going to be a, a nail-biter for sure. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people are probably pushing Riley as a winner for that one. That's nothing to disrespect sparks as seeding overall but i think riley has since the sort of the second half of this tournament if you if you would sort of like second half of the quals onwards riley's been looking really good yeah um you know i, I think they i think if you were to ask them they'd be pretty happy with the way they've played and pretty confident so riley on form is like you know easily top 10 in terms yeah. of uh you know just outright runners so if Riley maintains their current form and uh, goes into this match with 
you know, with confidence. I think I think Riley could easily take this one. That's nothing on Sparks at all, but um, I think Riley just has a you know a bit more match experience, if you will. Um, and yeah, I I think Riley might take that one. Um, yeah, I think. I, sorry, he has he has something to prove this time after getting getting beaten in season three brackets and the way he did. I think it was like he fell too many times in Fire Temple, and that's why he lost. And it was like a four and a half hour seed or some crazy um, stuff. So. And that scene specifically too. It was a hook shot at like 145 in Stone's beard or something, and it was mm-hmm. an exact skull count seed, like 40 out of 41. <laughs> I want to say. So, yeah, uh, I think who would, you, who, who would you predict for um, Mario FMZ? Um, it's a tough one. Uh, that is a tough one. Depends on how Mario plays the day of. I, if he keeps getting plagued by these skull seeds, he almost kind of threw away a, a seed in the RSL bracket too. And it was a 50 skull seed where he really just should have not focused so hard on skulls and collecting those. Cause it really affected his routing too much. Whereas he could, he should have just been going into dungeons trying to find his items and, you know, going from there. But, um, so I think if it's a skull seed, he might have like a, kind of a mental block potentially or just maybe he's learned his lesson this time but um so i, I think it's going to be the type of seed that really determines the winner here and if, it, if it's like if it's ad i i want to say that mario has an advantage and anything anything jet or anything that's like kind of a pick one out of five scenario i, I think fmz has the scenario uh, the advantage there so i i want to say it's a 50 50 pretty much it just comes down to the seed type but mm. i'll say i'll say mr mario probably will make it he'll probably win yeah it, i'd be surprised if mario didn't win but i'm also kind of secretly cheering for fmz i'd like yeah. You know, I think FMZ is a super nice guy and has always sort of been around the past few few years for Rando. So I'd really like to see them do well and just have a really good run of this tournament. That's nothing on Mario at all. I like Mario and, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they went all the way to the finals. Um, but a little bit of me personally is cheering on FMZ. Sorry, Mario. Um, just because it, it, I think it'd be really cool to have someone on keyboard just make it like as far as possible. I mean, he's already too. Like, he beat one shot. Who's no slouch? Um, lost to Kariosa, who's a beast, and then beat Martin and Banu, and is here now. So, I think just based on like previous matches and this tournament alone, I, I think it's FMZ that's probably the favorite. But um, I think overall, I think Mario will get it. But I guess we'll see. I think it's gonna be a great match. Yeah, it's it the the different in dynamic is going to be different, but uh, really interesting because Bono in particular was a good win for FMZ, but I think Bono has been playing super aggressively to a fault in this season. Yeah. So if Mario plays more conservative, um, it might be a different story. You know, FMZ, uh, you know, beat beat Bono with you know being conservative, and if Mario does the same thing with potentially slide back or execution, then we might have. Um, Real know, match on our hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to both. Yeah, obviously every match going forwards, but um, yeah, I think the winner of these two matches going up against each other is going to be massive. You know, it essentially gets us all the way around to losers round six, and that's uh, yeah, not not many, not much to go at that point. So one of the the winners of these has a really good chance of reaching the finals. For sure. And the last two pairs of matches we have here, uh, Marco and Cariosa. Now, Marco's really only in this position because Salty Sponge beat him. Um, otherwise, yeah. I could very well see them switching spots in the bracket entirely. And pretty similar kinds of situations in terms of their matchups or the potential matchups. Like if it was Salty Sponge versus Cariosa right now and PKR versus Marco, that's probably too close to call either way um kind of like how i think marco carrios is going to go i think it's also kind of another 50 50 and reed Rim really got the brunt end of the stick here in the tournament he got one win <laughs> yeah. but like he got <laughs> just demolished by what the hell's in the first round i think it was pretty much the first match played too or one yeah. of them and he beat tom poos but that didn't really like seem that great of a win and then just marco obliterates him uh, doesn't help that their win was the longest seed of the tournament so far yep, <laughs> yep. There's, there's nothing like winning in three hours and 58 minutes you know so fair play to redream who as you say got a bit of a got the short end of the stick somewhat they got what the hell's happened they got the worst seed rolled so far and then they got marco so it would be unfortunate. Marco had what I would say is a comfortable win over Redrim in the end, which is you know that's not that's no slight on Redrim. Marco is season two champ for a reason. Um, and the Marco Kazo match was su such a big jet that I was planning to tune into it, and I think I had something to do or I, I like ate lunch or something. I was like, okay, like you turned on your PC. You update, 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 and the match is over already before you're, you're done doing your Windows update almost. So um, it's going to be really hype. Again, I think it's going to be like a 50-50 or something close to it between the two of them. Uh, I mean, Kariosa got, what, top four last time in season three? And yeah, obviously and Marco were... got top two, so... Yeah, Karyos was actually seeded really low last tournament as well. I think I can't remember where they 20, were exactly. Some, some, yeah, 26, 27. Yeah, it was like it was near there, but yeah. So they made it all the way to essentially the end, which was huge for them. And here they are with seeded fifth, and which I think was is completely fair based on their quals and based on season three. Um, and you know, I, will this be the first time that Marco goes out not in the finals? <laughs> You know, will we see a Marco and Bonoless tournament for the for the rest of the season four, or will Marco just be Marco and make it to the finals because that's just what he does? It'd be that's gonna be a huge match. And you know, fair play to Cariosa, who you know they did lose to Ryukane, who is just on an absolute you know storm at the minute. They are taking down every every comer, um, but they beat FMZ Gun. They sent FMZ down to to losers. Um, they obviously beat Barrel to start with, and uh, yeah, now it's this sort of just waiting on waiting on Marco, uh, and yeah, massive big French pride in this one. I think the French restream in particular is going to be 
popping off when when this probably more than a thousand viewers yeah i think i think necro is going to be front page 3k views and all sorts of shenanigans going on for this one when it when it goes live it's just going to be super hype i think yeah yeah, even i mean (laughs) even the you know the english restream is going to be hype as hell i don't know when that's been scheduled for if that's been scheduled just yet but that's uh yeah i might try and get myself on comms for that one do you remember which match was on the super bowl sunday um i do not remember that no i think that was i'm trying to remember pretty sure that was was it sponge necro it was a a sponge match i thought we were like everyone was like this is the rando super bowl like now, now this is like really like a top tier match for sure so um kind of another example of that but our last matchup here and losers rag around for fanta tanked versus zupel now fanta is definitely uh newer in the randomizer scene but has played a lot of the uh the original game and has played a lot of bingo which is vanilla so he has a lot of experience and uh, like you said he's the last english runner here and <laughs> last the only one <laughs> yeah 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 as all as always the only, the only english runner so yeah specifics you know <laughs> but i mean we, we covered uh their sanzo match last episode in round one and round two they beat kevin who's also been uh playing really well and big grinder uh as of late as well but uh, losing to what the hell sent him to the losers bracket now here and going to be heading against Zupal, who is uh, also similarly very strong to make it this far in the tournament. Yeah, uh, just I mean, even since last season too, it's just been absolute monster sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really happy to see Zupal in the tournament, and you know, especially with him and Pinky Rose as first and second place in the Challenge Cup. So, you know, it's it, it's good to see that the Challenge Cup winners were, you know, have, have progressed into the main the main bracket. Um, so that's huge for them. It clearly demonstrates that they were deserved, uh, you know, their placements were deserved in the Challenge Cup Season 1. And here they are both in uh, Top 32 Season 4. So, season four. Um, so, yeah, huge for them. Huge for Zupal. Um, their win against Barrel was a bit meme um, I, I, you know, I don't want to. Sounds harsh for Zupal, but I think Barrel threw that one away um, quite comfortably. Um, but you know, you can only you can only beat what's in front of you, and if, if you know if th- that's just the way the seed went, you know, Barrel skipped Iron Boots and Sungrave, and that decided the seed really. Um, so yeah, Zupal still executed well throughout and still played well and routed you know as as good as possible. Um, just uh, you know. Barrel just suffered a lot from, I would say, typical barrel things in terms of just sort of metagaming themselves out of existence, which is essentially the same thing that they did against Saria's object. Um, but yeah, Zupal, uh, what was their first match? Who did Zupal beat in their first match? Uh, it was, oh, it was, no, they've been in. Uh, is pretty much lost to Ryu. Yeah, yeah, lost to Ryu, who again has been beating everyone. But Zupal, beat, you know, beat Devon round one, which I think was fairly expected. I don't think many people expected Devon to meet make top thirty-two, and we'd already discussed that anyway. And then Felix's match, you know, 
Zupal's technically the only person that's played five matches instead of four um, because of the the situation with Felix's match. You know, there was some unfortunate F, uh, fair play agreement shenanigans. Um, you know, I don't think ultimately it's anyone's fault, but it just led to a not a rematch, but we turned the Felix and Zupal into a best of three with Zupal taking the first race that they did, you know, correctly win, but um, because of Felix's loss, not feeling super good, um, I think it's the best way to describe it. You know, no one really felt good about Felix losing that one because of the fair play agreement stuff. Um, it was the best of three. Zupal won the second match anyway, so I think, you know, that's ultimately the best result came of that with, you know, Felix getting happy to get another shot at it, but Zupal taking another win. Um, and then, yes, yeah, I'll say being Barrel to get into this position. Um, Fatness match versus uh, Kevin, by the way, another one where information really decided the seed in terms of Frogs 2 having the hover boots, um, which Kevin just did not ever get, so they never went to do Frogs 2, because why the hell would you ever go to do Frogs 2? So, yeah, read your hint stones, everyone. It, sometimes it can win you the match. Um, if you, yeah, we've seen that multiple you, times. Yeah, it's... Frankie here. Three or four times, I want to say, we've seen people just not get a hint, which is absolutely blown open the race for them. And it's in season four in particular, where the hint structure is different. You know, obviously season three was a lot more generous with hints and you ran into them in grottos and all that jazz. Season four, you have to work a bit harder to get your information, which I like. I'm, you know, I might be in the minority there, but I like the idea that you don't just face roll into your hints. You actually have to go and get them. And, yep. you know, it's it's extra execution. It's extra decision-making. And sometimes it pays off, you know, just like we've seen. So read your hints. <laughs> if there's That's something also, in Medigoron, you've got bombs and a hammer, go and read Medigoron hint. God damn it. Yeah, that's also something that I've kind of been noticing too. And um, recently, what the hell is an eye? I mean, past few months, we've been running this settings mix of mixed pool stuff and just to briefly go over it because i think it's pretty interesting is that it's season four base so it's it's pretty much the same as what these players are playing on except it's season three hence and the reason for that is um it's all er and mixed pool so every entrance is it could be anything <laughs> um so it, it's it doesn't it's not as bad as it sounds but we, we chose Season 3 hints mostly because they are that much stronger. And when the world is turned upside down and turned inside out and then placed in, you have all these connectors like running around. Um, season 3 settings, uh, at least for the hints and the hint distribution, just extremely consistent in what it gives you. That is one of the biggest complaints, I think, with Season 3 in general and the tournament and pickup races that the hints were too strong and that you didn't really have a lot of viability in the early game to do much else except get hints and do your open grotto owl shenanigans, whatever. Um, so shout outs to season three hints. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I, I've watched a few of those, uh, style of races. I watched what the hell's VOD the other day of those exact things. And it was really interesting. Um, and yeah, as you say, the hints were, I think uh, if you were to ask everyone what hints they would prefer, they would probably say season three, you know. Um, but we'll see what comes of hints in the long run. It sort of depends on the settings going forwards, what the hints might be. 
obviously variable medallions might change the hints going forwards um, a new style of hints I know there's been um, similar to sort of path of gold hints have been uh, mentioned recently I think in Cubs' Blitz tournament settings um, yeah, so yeah there's there's a lot of ways there's a lot of places hints can go from this point it's a lot of experimentation kind of going around the like fringes of the community and yeah the blitz settings that Cubs and I think uh, Spike Vegeta also is uh, helping to balance out figure out for a, a tournament at some point um, those have been pretty cool I haven't tried one of those uh, seeds yet but I like the idea behind um, how those kind of work and had a lot of fun just in general uh, with randomizer lately i mean what's new but um i, I really do think that sometimes since though need changing it's just they're they might as well just not be there anymore because you, you barely even need them they sometimes point you to some game busting good item but they'll be on like a hintstone you read anyway so it doesn't matter really and i don't know it felt very like room temperature about sometimes since now that like if I if I play a seed and I don't even have to pay attention to sometimes since I feel like it's just kind of like wasted design space, right? Yeah, it's fair, and you know we'll get back and wrap this up in a second. But I, it's something that me and Zopar have been messing with a little bit are just what sometimes since are included, just to sort of shake that up a bit because I think some of them were a bit. A bit old. Some of the hints didn't really weren't really relevant anymore. Um, so you know, myself and Zopar have been working towards um, making the sometimes hints a lot more relevant um, and add, adding some checks that are a lot more uh, involved now, such as like shadow trials, second chest, and things like that. Um, oh yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we'll I want that yeah. as a hint. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see we'll see where that goes. Hopefully it. You know, our suggestions go down well. We can potentially get them rolled in because you know I think we've we've done a really good job of analysing what is important and less important now, and replacing some of the sort of worse sometimes since, if you will, with more up to date and better um, locations. Um, so that might that might spice those up and you know reinvigorate the sometimes in pool a little bit more. Not there's not been drastic overhauls yeah. but there's definitely six or seven that have been added and six or seven that have been replaced with more relevant ones so yeah we'll see what we'll see where that goes but i it guess it needs uh, to be like something in the late game right because i feel like all these season four seeds have just been just you get to the late game and then it's just a nightmare uh, trying to find your last few items and with no real direction it feels really bad competitively at least when that happens but yeah there's a there's a lot of analysis to have post-season four about sort of luck versus execution for this season. I think the survey we've had thus far indicates that a lot of people think that season four is more lucky, um, yeah. which is a reasonable comment. I don't think I disagree with that. Um, I think you would have to analyze it a lot more to actually come out with a conclusion of whether that is the case. But, you know, ultimately I wouldn't say anyone was wrong by giving me that. Uh, yeah, it was opinion. the whole like problem with getting the season off the ground in the first place is it took a few additional months because there was so much discussion happening yeah. uh, with hints and whatever else that people want to change before the, the tournament actually started so um, you know the, the, a lot of people do want to have those discussions still and it's important to figure it out what the community wants and 
to make it feel good again too i think <laughs> is uh, is good but I, we've made so many good strides so far already with these settings that we're not far off from like the the promised land the the golden age of rando i think is <laughs> not even here yet for for ocarina of time but uh, to get back to the fanazupal thing um who do you think's gonna win yeah i'm i'm looking at these two matches you know Karos, Marco, Fanta, and Zubal. I'm trying to pick winners. Um, I'm going to go with Fanta for Fanta and Zubal just because of seeding. That, that's that's it. I don't. I've not seen anything from either of them that would be like, yeah, they are definitely the favorite. They're definitely going to win this. Um, but I'm just going to go with Fanta Tank. I think they have had stronger individual performances throughout the quals and the brackets than Zubal personally. That's nothing on Zupal. I think their wins have been absolutely fine and you know they've, they've done well to get this far. But I think Fan some of Fanta's wins have been better and their execution has been stronger. Um, Marco Cariosa, oh man. Like, I should pick Marco. I think a lot of people are going to pick Marco as, their, as the person they think is going to win. Um, but I'm going to go with Cariosa. I, I I have a sneaking suspicion that Cariosa is going to make it to the finals. And I've said this since the start, and it would surprise you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it didn't happen, but I just think Cariosa's got a great shot of making it through the finals again. So yeah, I I I think I actually kind of want to see Cariosa win as well. I think it would be really interesting and really spicy for Essentially, there be a guaranteed new champion for season four. No old champions left. Bono's gone. ATC's washed. You know, get Marco out of here as well, um, and then we get a some fresh blood at the top of the food chain for season four. I think that'd be hype, and yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna go with. I think it's gonna like the, I think the tournament's gonna come down to either what the hell's your sponge. Like uh, I think that's what the semifinals and winners. I think that's what the grand finals is gonna be or most likely to be. But uh, for for these two thing uh, matchups here, um, yeah, I would kind of agree. Karius and Fana. Um, just Marco lost the RSL finals against what the hell's. Um, it's not really been in top form. He's had really good matches the last two rounds but against Cariosa I don't think it's going to be that easy and Fanta has pretty much played exactly like what the hell is kind of like Riley in, in a way that just really looked very convincing to me and I think he knows what he's doing with these settings uh, yeah I maybe mean a little bit more than Barrel or uh, Zupal I mean yeah Fanta was not far away from beating what the hell's happened no. You know, we, I, I think, yeah, we didn't really touch upon that a whole lot, but Fana was very close to just winning that that race. So we, you know, we could be in a position where it's what the hell's in losers bracket. Um, so I, you know, I would be confident in picking Fana as the winner of that. And you know, even if they don't win, I'd be like, you know what, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Um, calling the calling that win there, um, but we'll wait and see. In terms of what's been planned so far that race hasn't been scheduled yet the scheduled races we've got coming up are salty sponge versus pinky rose which is literally happening right now who knows we might tune into that after we finish recording this emo and pkr is smashing sponge um and your prediction is all over the place uh we've also got mr mario versus fmc that is tomorrow march 1st uh that is going to be 
incredible. Um, and then What the Hell's Happened versus Ryu Kane is March 5th on Friday. Um, still a few other races to schedule at this stage. Um, but yeah, we do have another busy week of Rando. Yeah, should be an exciting end to the tournament season, at least for season four here. And we'll have more detailed matches going forward here. It's just uh, there is a lot to keep up with, uh, especially with the turnaround time for scheduling for the participants here. Um, so unfortunately, we couldn't cover everything in detail, but, um, you know, these are the uh, tip top of the matches here. So. Should be good all around, and I'm excited to cover with you. With you Absolutely. Uh, yeah, look forward to the next few catch-ups, that's for sure. Um, I wouldn't be doing my job right if I didn't at least mention the Challenge Cup, by the way, because as much as there's rando going on with the main bracket, there's also the Challenge Cup, which is obviously very closely tied in with, um, with the, the top 32. That's essentially coming to the end of the group phase, um, unfortunately, Emo, you did not make it through as uh, I was I was cheering Melrose all the way today um, to beat Zephyr for that tiebreaker. Um, yeah, that was sad this morning. Yeah, it, it was a hunt for Mirror Shield. Like, what are you going to do, right? Like, yeah. And yeah. it was in Bob the Well. Mel went to G2G and my, my face got sad. Yeah, alas. But we are just two races away now from the end of that. There's just a couple of tiebreakers left to finish and then on March 7th, we will be having the Bracket Reveal stream um, hosted by me, like last time. So that's going to be hype. And yeah, that's um, the competition in the Challenge Cup is absolutely incredible right now. So I'm looking forward to keeping a lot more eyes on those Bracket races as well. And, you know, if we can get some of those rolled into here too and let you know how those are going as well, that would be optimal but there's so much rando going on we'll 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 do our best for sure I, i'm happy to be done with tournaments for now uh it's been like two or three months since i've started playing and the the, the ongoing tournaments that have have been going like rsl is done now um challenge cup i'm out of now completely squeaked into it but then i'm squeaked out uh, with the hard group but um yeah, now I added beta quest as well. Uh, that that was pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not good at, I'm not good at beta quest. <laughs> I, I learned that much. I think just going into beta quest blind and be like, yeah, this is fine. I'll be fine is, um, yeah, brave. Very brave. Yeah, definitely check it out if you like uh, max ER settings, um, wacky logic. Oh, it doesn't have logic, but uh, vanilla gameplay glitches all the good stuff so uh it's all there and it's still going um there'll probably be some restreams near the end of that tournament as well but um very very cool format for it but anyway that will do it for us on the podcast this week thank you again to ronan recordings our editor and winnie demon our script writer who has gone above and beyond this week with a 55-page script covering every single match that has yeah. happened so far. So shout-outs to Winnie. Massive uh, shout-outs. Because uh, <laughs> we didn't use a lot of it, but uh, it's good reference material at the very least, and, uh, well, we wouldn't be here without her, so... Yeah. Upon reflection of reading this and, you know, 
I think we need to shout out ourselves here for not adding the notes where we needed to emo. Um, but yeah, Winnie done an incredible job of not like you listening to this won't, well, probably won't see this. We might post it afterwards, who knows? But the amount of detail in the scripting of this is phenomenal. And the fact that we can't use it all because we'd be here to, for like five hours is, you know, just, a, just yeah. a credit to how much and how much in-depth Winnie has wrote here. So she's done an incredible job, incredible script writer, and we are very lucky to have her on the team. Um, so yeah, massive shout-outs to them. And for Ronan for having to edit what is going to be a lot of <laughs> a lot of stopping and stopping for this one, just because of how much information we had to go through and pass uh, between, oh, yeah. <laughs> between each match. So yeah, we've got a great team here. Uh, and yeah, I look forward to the next episode. and. Um, getting all the information out to everyone that is listening yeah it's great that we have so much to talk about too uh, with season 4 and the tournaments and it'd be really boring if it was just well the better player won every time it's not, it's not <laughs> where we play randomizer come on exactly. um, so it's great that we have so much information and uh, listeners at home uh, if you have any of some favorite plays anything that you thought was cool that happened in the tournaments uh make sure to let us know and uh we might even talk about it on here if we if we missed it um so just let one of us know uh post in the discord channel the main discord for gossip stone podcast uh, or you can dm one of us that's totally okay other than that we will all see you next time on the gossip stone podcast <laughs>